0: Welcome to Lockhead on Marketing, where we're trying the world's first marketing pod storm. 30 days of strategies and ideas to help you create the future of your choosing. Hey-ho, let's go. Thanks for pressing play. During the pod storm, we're going to be doing live Q&A sessions on our Facebook group every Friday at 1130 uh, Pacific time uh, a.m., of course. (laughs) and what you're about to hear is part one of the conversation we had this past friday um we would love it if you send any of your questions to blackhole at lockhead.com and uh, we'll try to get to your question on a future session on this session uh joining me is the legendary uh producer of this odd cast, jason de host of grumpy old geeks and um We thought it'd be kind of fun because, you know, he's the geek and I'm the marketing guy. So uh, normally those two parts of the organization don't like each other, but we happen to. And I thought it'd be fun. He thought it'd be fun if we got together to answer your questions. On this episode, we talk about uh, questions around podcasting, creativity in a crisis, and much more. Uh, we are brought to you by my friends at Oracle NetSuite. Um, pick up your free guide, Seven Actions Businesses Need to Take Now, and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash different. That's netsuite.com slash different. And my friends at Splunk are going to help you bring data to everything. Go to com slash d2e. That's splunk.com slash d2e. Now, your questions and uh, our
1: slightly sober answers hey ho let's go how you doing jace doing pretty good man doing pretty good here on a friday afternoon i don't know it's uh it's not a bad day for us i think hey fuck we're live on twitter
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a miracle hey jamie J, you made a miracle happen we are live on twitter facebook and youtube can you believe that how about that jamie is a master He is a master. And, it you know, it actually, it brings up an interesting point, doesn't it, Jace, that um, the playing field has been leveled for people who are content creators. It doesn't matter whether you're NBC, CNBC, NPR, Fox News, or a couple of dudes. It really has been leveled, hasn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, we can run a TV studio out of our house, or in my case, the garage. It's incredible.
0: Yeah. And uh, many of you have been emailing us questions to blackhole@lockheed.com, So uh, we have questions to get to. So joining me today, for those of you uh, who don't know, is the legendary, the living podcast legend himself, Jason DeFilippo. Thank you very much, sir. Pleasure to be here. It's great to have you, Jace. And um, one of the things I wanted to tell you guys, we could talk a little bit about podcasting today. So we always like to talk about podcasting and it's time to start a podcast. But one of the things I just want to say off the top in public, Jason, is you are the OG. And my evidence that you are the OG goes like this. Uh, Every major podcast now pretty much is a uh, internet-based podcast. Yeah, nobody's in the studio. Nobody's got a recording studio, right? So if I pick on one of my favorites because I and one of the legends, Terry Gross, Fresh Air, NPR, one of the biggest podcasts in the world. And, um, and uh, there's this expression that um, um, I'm going to have one of those days today, I think. My <laughs> brain is kind of mushy. I need to warn you.
1: <laughs> COVID brain sitting in?
0: I'm getting a little COVID brain, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett says when the tide goes out, you can see who's swimming naked. And <laughs> and the thing I think that's interesting right now is if you compare uh, a recent epi- episode of Follow Your Different or Lock It On Marketing and certainly Grumpy Old Geeks compared to a recent episode over the internet of Terry Gross from NPR, who's got the greatest technology you could possibly imagine and the greatest editors and producers you could possibly imagine. Um, and you'll notice... Uh, it's fantastically interesting. Which podcasts sound better?
1: Well, we've got a little more experience than they do. I mean, they're used to their million-dollar studios. We're used to a laptop and some software, and uh, you know, flying by the seat of our pants. We got to make it sound good. They, you know, once they take once you take away their studio, they just don't know what to do. They don't know what
0: to do, and, uh, and and you do. And I was talking to the guys, you know. So to get to a question on should you start a podcast, which we can we can we can get to. I was talking to the Squadcast guys yesterday and uh, we broadcast, we use exclusively for um, remote internet-based episodes, uh, Squadcast.fm. And they're great, great entrepreneurs, inspiring entrepreneurs with an amazing product. And um, I think they told me their business
1: was up 800% in April, if I remember right. Oh, I'm surprised it's that little. I figured it would be even more than that. Wow! i know i've been screaming from the mountaintops about these guys for a long time now they've got a fantastic product i mean if you're recording over the internet they are they're my go-to now i love those guys
0: and so the interesting thing is in in great part because of them um the the quality of a internet-based podcast we are we now have the ability to be with them, almost as high quality, in my opinion, to, to the to the layman ear of which I have mm-hmm. um, very close to a studio podcast.
1: Absolutely. And then if you just, you know, process the stuff through some, you know, uh, movie grade software like we do, then you definitely sound like you're in the studio.
0: Well, I, I told those guys they were a part of it and uh, and you were the secret weapon.
1: No, oh, no, man. It's uh, I they get those guys get so much credit. They've you know really done a fantastic job with the software and iterating on it. You know, taking feedback from podcasters. I just I, I love what they've built so far. It's you know, it's rock solid. Have not had any problems in a very long time. I mean, once it came out of beta, we were all good. Um, the yep. old, Even like it's always you know beta days, and people remember the beta days for a lot of these these things, and don't give them a try again because they're like, oh, I had a bad experience once, and it's like, no, nah, man, give them another shot because right now that platform is the go to platform for me and any show that I work with. And
0: uh, and I'm I'm happy to say and I don't have any economic stake in the matter. So just for the record, but uh, I think they are the emerging category king in sort of sort of professional grade um, um, podcast uh, recording and production over the Internet. Is that do do you you, if if I'm the marketing guy and that's my opinion, but you're the geek, Mm -hmm. you're the guy who technically knows You, you think that's possible for those guys?
1: Oh, absolutely. Right now they're at the top of the, they're at the top of the heap. I've tried every other platform out there and consistently they are, when it comes to recording a professional sounding podcast, giving you the options and the switches and the doodads and the googahs for a professional producer, um, I'm never going to anybody else. So yeah, Rock and Zach, you guys rock and Zach. (laughs) <laughs> we, we did
0: get a, a question, Jace, from Keyshawn S., an email that said, should we start a podcast now? And the re- reality is you're more co- sort of <laughs> qualified to answer that question probably than I am. But, uh, you know, I hear this a lot, like, oh, everybody's doing a podcast. Oh, it's the, it's the pandemic, so everybody's starting a podcast. Oh, there's over a million podcasts. How can we possibly have a successful podcast? Podcasting's over. So um, I, I I know what my opinion is, which I'm happy to share. But what what's your thoughts to those sorts of comments?
1: The only reason to not start a, start a podcast right now is because it's damn impossible to find a microphone. Microphones <laughs> are sold out everywhere. Uh, that's the that is the biggest hurdle right now to starting a podcast. I say if you you know if you've ever had the itch to start a podcast, you have the time right now. Do it absolutely. You know it's. There's no barrier to entry. Anybody can do it, and I think that it's worth a shot, you know? Who am I to say no to anybody that wants to try it out? It's, you know, and I look at podcasting, the more people that are podcasting, you know, rising tide lifts all boats, because you're going to know people that have never listened to a podcast before, which means that you are going to be out there beating the drum, teaching people how to listen to podcasts, which means in the future, I can steal them from you, and then they become my listener, so... (laughs) I'm just looking for more people listening to shows, you know? It's funny you
0: say that because this, this week I had a conversation with a guy, a a very serious CEO, incredible, incredible career. And uh, he told me that um, up until this week, he had never heard a podcast and I said, Wow. He said, yeah, my son's been telling me for years I should listen to a podcast and, but whatever, whatever. And I never got to it. And so I finally listened to a podcast and he said, uh, he said, I'm a ham radio operator and I expected it to sound like shit. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I said, well, what podcast did you listen to? And he said yours. And I said, well, excellent (laughs) answer.
1: Great (laughs) answer. Great answer. He listened
0: to, he started with the McChrystal episode. Mm hmm. And the first thing he said to me, Jace, not to, uh, you know, tickle your tickle your tickleables in public too much. But um, (laughs) he said, I could not get over how great it sounded. I expected it to sound like a ham radio conversation and it sounded amazing. And then he gave me a bunch of nice compliments and said some nice things about McChrystal. But um, yeah, this week. I recruited one new person to the category. (laughs) Excellent.
1: Excellent. Yeah. I mean, you know, not everybody listens to podcasts yet. So that's why I want more podcasters out there because they're going to, they're going to be beating the drum and bringing people to us. So, and it's fun. I mean, you got to admit podcasting is just a blast. There's, there's nothing like it. And, you know, granted, I want to put this caveat out for everybody. You're going to suck at the beginning. It's going to be terrible unless you have some kind of media training. Uh, You practice, you practice, you practice, you practice. I tried to put this into, into perspective for people when we started Grumpy Old Geeks. We did 40 episodes, which took us almost a year. And each of those episodes were an hour long. And so if you put that together into one streaming thing, that's like one work week of actual content produced. So even after 40 episodes, that's one week's worth of, you know, actually being on the job. So how do you think you're going to be after one week on the job? You got to put in the time right. and you got to learn how to do it. And uh, the resources are out there right now. There It has never been easier to start a podcast. It is harder to find a place to learn how to start a podcast because there's so many of them now. But uh, I think it's a great time because, you know, everybody's stuck inside still. And if you're not stuck inside... Uh, be stuck inside unless you have to do it for your job. <laughs> you should be sequestered like the rest of us. And uh, I think use that time to your advantage. Well, it's interesting that you say that,
0: uh, as you well know, we just had Christopher Ryan, legendary Ph.D. author, podcast guru guy, mm-hmm. uh, been on the Rogan podcast a bunch of times. He wrote Sex at Dawn, et cetera, et cetera. And he said at the early days of the pandemic, I'm I'm going to increase my content production because to your point, people are at home. Um, the other thing I find. And so Jamie J is in the comments here. He says, how many websites are there compared to how many podcasts are out there? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the other one I say, Jamie, is I, I look to music. You know, one of my favorite new artists is this gal, uh, Lizzo. My, my wife turned me on to her and I think she's, she's sassy and fun. And she's a, in my opinion, a whole new genre. She's a melange of all kinds <laughs> of things and she sounds great. And I think she's incredibly creative, blah, blah. Anyway, nobody said to Lizzo, Hey, uh, you know, Lizzo, uh, Paul McCartney is the greatest songwriter in history. He sold a Bazillion records. He holds every songwriting record there ever is. He's the Wayne Gretzky, Muhammad Ali of songwriting and 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 you know being in a band and all that. So you shouldn't record your new record.
1: Yeah, it's already been done this. There's, there's enough music already. We're done. finished. We've reached the end of the we reached the end of the line. No more.
0: We've reached the end of the line. Now, feel free to post your comments or questions if you've got them. And Jason, why don't we dig back into the mailbag? So we answer,
1: We could talk podcasting for 12. We could do a 12-hour series on podcasts. Easily, easily. So let's go to the first question from Andrew H. He says, can you talk about creativity under pressure?
0: Yeah, this was interesting. He posted this question, if I remember right, in our Facebook group when we first started to talk about the pod storm. And I, I assume by under pressure, um, he means... You know, a situation like a, I don't know, maybe a global pandemic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Possibly, possibly. I'm I'm thinking maybe just deadlines, (laughs) maybe not so much uh, pandemic for the the general person, deadlines. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, well, I I think the biggest thing of being creative quickly, I assume urgency is part of this, is... Um you know I think Gladwell was right with sort of the blink thing right so what's what's the question what's the thing we're trying to be creative about and what's the first idea write that down and I I like to think out loud particularly when I'm with other smart people who I respect and admire and so I often find myself saying stuff like look I don't know if I agree with myself but the first thing that popped in my head was this right and it's it's to throw ideas out and play with them and so I like to, uh, when asked a question, I like to spontaneously jump and start banging it around with smart people. What do you do when you have to produce something creative quickly, Jace?
1: Oh, man. Uh, It is, you just start writing things down. You know, if you don't have anybody to bounce it off of, then you just start writing down ideas, doing ideas. The more, the merrier. It's one of those things, I was taking a, a, a comedy class with Scott Dicker's the guy who founded the onion and he's like the, the way to write great comedy is to write a lot of bad comedy. So ha- that you know, the way to have a lot of great ideas is to have even more bad ideas. So you just keep coming up with ideas until you hit one that actually that like, you go. Ah, that's the one I need. And what made you decide to take a comedy uh, class right now during the pandemic? Uh, it's one of those things where I needed something new to do. And uh, I, I, it's relevant to my interests. I love comedy. I've never been a comedian per se, but I just love the art and I wanted to learn something new and see if I could get any tips and tricks for my other podcast, which sometimes is funny, sometimes is not, but I would like it to be more funny. So why not take a class? I like to learn from the best, you know? So I took a class with one of the best.
0: You know, this brings up an interesting thing around creativity because I hear this a lot, I know what I think about it, but I'm curious what you think about it. You know, oh, you know, you're so talented, you know, funny. You're either born funny or or you're not. You're either funny or you're not. You're either creative or you're not, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but yet you're taking a class on being funny. So
1: I thought you you were either funny or you're not. Can you really be taught to be funny, James? Absolutely. Anything can be put into a formula. And Scott is actually built out of A formula for comedy. And if you follow the process, you can write funny stuff. You can get a job on a TV show writing funny stuff, you know? And, you know, think about it. In college, they had creative writing class. Well, if you weren't born creative, why would you need a creative writing class? Because you were born with it. No, you took a class to learn how to write creatively. Anything can be taught. You know, it's not, I mean, some people are naturally funny, but some people can learn and be funny on their own, just by going through the process and learning from funny people. What did that funny person do? Why is that person funny? And then you learn from multiple people, and then you build your own style. You know, you take in all of the inputs, mash it together in your head, and out comes something hopefully new and funny, or creative.
0: I just think it's asinine to say that you can't be taught something uh, creative. A lot of things I've been taught, in the creative realm some of some of them i had natural quote-unquote talents or inclinations towards whatever but in some cases i don't most notably for me you know as you know i have dysfuck right mm-hmm. dyslexic and and dyscalculia which is dyslexia mm-hmm. for math
1: and uh, i have all these fucking things right and, and and are you adhd no no i am uh slightly dyslexic though i've had that my whole life so yeah. But uh, no, ADHD was never my thing. I was a skateboarder and a punk. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, it's something you, uh, yeah, I was just, I didn't onto. like that crowd. You know, I, I had the metalheads, you had the ADHD kids. I went with the skaters, you had the popular kids, the drama kids. I just stuck with skating. <laughs> well,
0: anyway, uh, my point is <laughs> I have learned to write. And mm-hmm. as a dyslexic, writing is very hard, reading is very hard, uh, and I've learned to be a better reader, um, and I've learned to be a writer. I've written a couple books, and and uh, you know what? I'll just say it, it's on my mind. It may sound immodest, but what the fuck? When I was a kid coming up, Jace. I read, uh, HBR religiously, you know, starting at like 18, 19, uh, years old when I discovered the Harvard business review, I just, I was enamored with it. And of course I didn't have an MBA and I got thrown out of high school. And so it was an incredible learning tool. And, uh, uh if you had asked me when I was 18, 19 years old, you know, w- that, or if you told me that, um, I would be published in the HBR multiple times, thanks to my buddy, Eddie Yoon, uh, I, I wouldn't probably have believed you, and so I guess my point is, if a guy like me can be taught to write, um, then I, I'm with you. I just don't buy that creative things can't be taught, and I think I think we can be creative fast. It's weird. Often the first idea
1: is the best idea. I think it is, but it needs tweaking. It's, it's always like you can get the kernel out there from the first idea that you know your your snap judgment, and then you massage it, you 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 workshop it, you figure it out as you go along. But there are you just have to you have to do the process. It's not like nothing comes out fully formed. I think. I
0: think that's right. But I, I uh, at least in my experience, uh, particularly with marketing and and category design, often the first idea is directionally right, and then you have to sort of water it. And we had uh, quite a while ago now, we had um, Safi Bakal on uh, Follow Your Different. He's written this awesome new book called Loon Shots. He's been winning all these awards and it's a, it's a great, great book. But one of the things he says in there that I find interesting is that sort of new ideas, breakthrough ideas are very fragile in the hothouse and they sort of have to be protected because it's it's very easy to shit on a big new creative idea particularly if if it comes up quickly there's something about a big idea that happens quickly that people want to dismiss if it didn't if it didn't look like you worked hard enough to come up with it
1: yeah that's a really good point and also good ideas are different and people don't like different out of the gate they're like oh no we we you know they they're, they're going to apply their history onto your idea and you have to you have to like break through that barrier and say no this is why this is a good idea don't just crap on my ideas out of the gate you have to fight for them i think because you know in software i would come up with ideas all the time they're like no that's not going to work that's not going to work the first the person the the first person that says no that's not going to work with a knee-jerk reaction without thinking about it that's the guy you get out of the room that's the guy you don't want in a creative process you have to be able to put things down and feel feel like you're in a safe space where you can cultivate those ideas and make sure that they have a little room to grow and grow on the people that you're selling them to. Yeah, that that's exactly right. Sure. Hope you enjoyed that session as much as we
0: did. Thank you so much. All right. We would like to thank my good friends at Atranet, A-T-R-E dot N-E-T, building uh, B2B websites in Silicon Valley for over 20 years. Atranet. Uh, my friends at Spiro.ai are using the power of machine learning to uh, improve your ability to close more sales with a strategy called proactive relationship management. Check out S-P-I-R-O A-I. My friends at The Mission, uh, mission mission.org, are a creative studio that will work with you to help you produce custom podcasts, sponsorships, original content, and more. Visit themission.org today. And speaking about podcasts, if you're starting a podcast or working on a podcast, we use Squadcast FM to produce all of our remote distance conversations. So when you hear a guest, you're hearing squadcast.fm. I need to remind you that today's information provided to you solely for informational purposes and the creators of this podcast have been consuming libations. We are produced and edited by uh, our guest today hard to, hard to call him a guest really. <laughs> Jason DeFilippo, uh, Sarah Knox, and Jamie Jay do technical awesomeness around our website and much more, Lockhead.com. Show notes by Diane Gervasio. Remember, you can send your questions for future episodes to blackhole at lockhead.com and join our Facebook group, and you can join uh, these Facebook live Q&A sessions uh, when we do them every Friday during the pod storm at 1130 Pacific time. All right. The thought I want to leave you with comes from CMO Joe Chernow who said good marketing makes the company look smart great marketing makes the customer feel smart thank you so much for your time and attention stay safe stay legendary and until we're together again follow your different